Hello and welcome to level 14 of your thoughts and players podcast, the brand new gaming podcast with bold takes and no strings attached. I am Jeremy and I am here again with my two compadres. I have David. What up? And I have returning after some time off to welcome his child. We have back our child. <laughs> I like shorts. They're comfy and easy to wear. Yep. He is a that, child. That yep. is uh, from Youngster in Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue. Ah, cool. Yeah, and I think we could all learn from that kind of like youthful uh, optimism. Right. Is it the butt catcher? I just told you it's Youngster. Oh. They didn't have like a mix, like the youngster bug catcher. You know, they didn't have names. It was just youngster at that point. Yeah, but, uh, you said youngster, but I, I, I still thought. I don't know. I'm, I'm in space. He thought David thought youngster was a pronoun when it's actually just a noun. Am I getting That's that his right? Name. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah, it's just youngster. It's like the girl trainers will call it lass, right? You Every just single lass. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they would um, get last, and like the good, like the men trainers would get like the ace trainer, ace trainer. Yeah, you know, like they were the superior ones. I don't right. agree with that opinion. Right, of course. Um, so, guys, we hope you missed that because we because you just got a big old dose of it. All right, mm-hmm. um, we are back, kicking in full gear. We've got a bunch of news, a bunch of gaming news to get to. So. We're going to get to it some stuff. I'm just going to zip on through some stuff. You know, we'll have some some comments for it. But let's get to the morning announcements. <laughs> Item number one. It has been confirmed that the PS5 will ship with 664 gigabytes of, of usable storage space on its hard drive. Um, we talked about that being a little bit of a rumor before in the previous level. It's been confirmed. Guys. Any thoughts on this besides that's definitely not a lot of space? Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but it's what they had to do to get the speed, I guess. Speed versus storage, and they pick speed. I hope it's worth it, but I don't know. That's like you said uh, earlier, it's two and a half call it new Call of Duties. Yeah. It's not a lot. And the upgrades are probably going to be just as much as the Xbox SSD, which was like two, 220 for a gig. Right. So well, for a expensive. terabyte, yeah. Or for a terabyte, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I, it's, I mean, it's whatever at this point. What are we going to do about it? It is whatever. We're two weeks out. It is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Um, item number two. Horizon this is a new character that's been confirmed for Apex Legends Season 7 Ascension. Very interesting name. Um, now if you guys, I know David, you play some apex, you've been getting back into it a little bit more recently. Yeah. Was this anything that caught your interest in regards to horizon being a character and, um, for- not so much. It's, I also heard that they're releasing like a new map and stuff too. So I think that's more prevalent to me than another character. Cause like I didn't play for so long. I still have three other characters to unlock. Mm, so yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's good. It keeps the game fresh in a way, keeps keeps stuff coming. All right. Now, it's interesting because 
I'm guessing based on different leaks and stuff like that, Horizon is one of the characters that doesn't have a history in the actual Titanfall games or any lore that's connected to the games. At least, at least so far, what they know of. Um, I could have sworn it was. It's like a doctor or something. I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's a Scottish red hair lady, and she has a little drone named Newt, which is adorable. There you go. Um, news item number three. Uh, we gamers, we PC gamers would pronounce it as AOC because they make gaming monitors. Uh, everybody else in the real world might know her as AOC. Uh, she streamed on Twitch, got 430 peak views. Uh, I think the fourth most views for a stream on Twitch. Um, now, it's interesting because she also campaigned or tried to, uh, I guess, come up with some um campaign towards the u.s army that was using twitch in order to recruit so it's interesting guys what do you think about her streaming those type of numbers and what do you think about it in regards to or in contrast to her her campaign against the u.s army using twitch in order to recruit is it even really the same thing or it's uh okay okay so (laughs) it is the same in a sense of category, I guess. Like, I don't even use it for an example. But the difference is the, you said army or marines? Yep. Okay, so they're trying to recruit people to, you know, join that and that's a whole, like, life-changing thing and a lot of dedication and her recruiting to have people just vote is, you know, the American right. And everyone should get out, should get out there and do that. So I think that is a big difference. So I don't see it being too hypocritical. And it's also surprising that she had that many people viewing because a lot of people aren't really into political people, from what right. I gather. So she but, was also I mean, streaming with like popular streamers. Like I think Pokemon was one of the people yeah, she was that, streaming that, with. That is true. People. So they probably got quite a lot from them. But yeah, I'm I'm very surprised that how how well it went. Yeah. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's like a slippery slope. It's hypocritical. No, but it's not the best look, I guess. You know, like, hey, US military, you can't do this. But she's not really campaigning for anything herself in terms of the message she's trying to get across on Twitch, you know? It's just to get out to vote, which I think many people are doing, you know, celebrities, other people, everyone wants to get out, get people out to vote. So if she was strictly trying to be like, Hey, I'm a fun lady. I'm a Democrat vote for the Democrats. Yes. Then you would have something you might be able to say like, ah, that's not good. Right. Um, I don't know necessarily what was happening, happening with like the army recruiting. I don't know if it was like thinly veiled, like I'm a cool guy because I joined the army. Like, I don't know what kind of tactics they were using. You know, if they were doing the same thing where it was just like, Hey, I'm a Marine and I'm on Twitch. I'm having a good time. Cool. That should be allowed. But if they were using some sort of like, Hey, join here, join this, uh, from my Twitch channel, you can sign up for the military. Those are the kind of things that I, I don't find to be good. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. She is on there to promote voting. Um, she has a very, very obvious political position, political mm-hmm. stance. It's more likely in concert with the people she was streaming with. 
Um, and I think that the people that were probably in that audience share a lot of her sentiments, maybe. Um, but I think it's it's kind of like a, I'm not telling you who to vote for, but you know where I stand. So get out there and vote. You know, it's I, I see what you there's nothing explicit about it. Right. Right. But, right. But there is a bit of implicit of I want you to lean a certain way if you're going to vote, you know. Um, just by just by nature of who she is, and that's just what politics—that's just what politics does. Um, I mean, it's a good strategy, right? It is a good strategy. I mean, but, Twitch I mean, has to be one of the biggest platforms, more than even you know, especially for younger people. It's got to be bigger than normal cable television. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I mean, absolutely. it was a, it was a good way to connect with the younger people mm-hmm. that you know should be voting. Yeah, she's not the only one that has a Twitch channel that's a politician. I know uh, Bernie Sanders has one, um, and there's a few more. Maybe Trump, maybe Biden, I'm not sure. But I know politicians have done this in the past. She's just, I guess, the most popular one out of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I will say, though, if you want to get those 100 million people that didn't vote last time, you're probably not going to find them on Twitch. Item number four. (laughs) Assassin's Creed Valhalla goes gold. Guys, what does it mean to go gold? What's going gold? It means that your game can no longer be delayed. Which ah, very <laughs> interesting. Which, which is which is great news, you know, because once you go gold, there's no turning back and saying we're going to delay the game 21 days. Right. There's no going back. So, uh, right. Assassin's Creed's coming out the 17th, which um, is actually a great time now. I know you were thinking about getting it, Jeremy, right? Right. And now you don't have that giant elephant in the room that's coming two days later. Right. It's got its, it's got its whole week cleared out. AC Valhalla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, doing what the Vikings do, taking everything for themselves. <laughs> right. All right. Um, news item number five, NBA 2K21. They sh- they've been showing off some gameplay trailers, next-gen gameplay trailers. Uh, they've released basically patch notes, or not really patch notes, but release notes about the upcoming title that's going to be released for PS5, Xbox Series X, Series S. Um, and a lot of things have been built from the ground up. You know, a lot of systems, uh, graphics, different type of animations and movement of the players, completely brand new. Um, they put a lot of time and effort into this, and it really shows. Um that's that's pretty much it. NBA 2K21 next gen is going to be a different experience, at least somewhat of a different experience. Um, news item number six: Ubisoft announced Ubisoft Connect, which is basically their attempt to make sure that there is cross progression across all their games on all their different platforms. So that way, when you're playing on one system or, or on one platform, if you decide to play it on a different one, everything all your progression within Ubisoft's own system, as well as whatever platform you're using also gets carried over. You don't have to worry about restarting stuff, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to comment. I love that because you usually get a pigeonholed into keep playing on the same system or PC or whatever. Yeah. And it it just sucks. Like A lot of people have that issue with Dead by Daylight right now, but they actually put in cross-progression as well. At least they're trying to imp- and what is that word? Implement. Into, implement. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> so, I mean, I think personally, I you know, I don't have to do any of the work. I just have to say things that all kind of games should be like this. But that's my opinion. They should. I think we're clo- I think we're slowly getting there. 
at least with really like large, large titles that do have such a vast multi-platform audience. Um, news item number seven. This is very, very important. Uh, <laughs> there is a free Black Lives Matter theme that was made for the PS4. It's a Black Lives Matter theme. You don't have to pay for it. You can just download it to your PS4, and that's how you're able to show support and solidarity to show that you believe uh, unarmed black people should not be killed by police. And um, it helps in a myriad of ways. It helps in a myriad of actual ways. Um, psych, it doesn't. What do you guys actually think about this? Is this anything really? Uh, I mean, is this just kind of like a little bit of moral grandstanding by Sony? Do you think it's an actual honest, authentic effort? I want to... Uh, I want to say this. The yeah. theme is fresh. It looks so good. It has the black background highlighted by yellow. It's got the fist in the corner. It looks like a really good theme. I'm a little upset that it's static. The static means it doesn't really have the background music or the um, customizable icons that make different noises. So as far as the theme goes, uh, it's, a, it's a really nice theme. Ah. Really nice theme. As part as the... Um, changing of culture and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's way late. <laughs> it's yeah. way late. It, it, it means nothing. <laughs> like, what's, what's this doing? I don't know. So it sounds like they didn't put as much effort into the Black Lives Matter as they would for one you would pay for as far as themes. Right. right. That, sounds, that sounds about that sounds about pro quo. Um, yeah, but I mean, they're not they don't have this sentiment of, you know, making money off of it. Well, they're it, I think it was sincere, and I don't think it's too late because it's still a major issue. But was it, you know, helping out? Like that's just your theme on your PS4. Like no one else is going to see it. No one else is going to know you're standing up for it. You know, like you know, posting on Facebook about it. But I don't know. You, Corey said that it looked good, it does so look they good. at least put a decent effort into it. So it it's. It feels a little here and there. It feels like what you would do, like, oh, I got my Detroit Lions background. I'm rooting for them. Oh, I got my Black Lives Matter background. I'm rooting for it. It feels a little goofy. I don't know. It's a little I, bit I, like, um, like, like self serving. I think yeah. that makes sense. I now yeah. that you've made that, I, I yes, like I what, what's it doing? You know, I would have rather them charged for it and then like donated the proceeds. I thought about that, but then. There's, I'd have to see like a very descriptive money trail for that. And, and like, it doesn't even have to be to the Black Lives Matter movement. It could have been to any number of charities or something that would help the cause. It doesn't have to be that to that specific one because I know that's a little right. bit of a hot topic that caused right there. And it shouldn't be, but you know, there's any number of charities they could have you know donated to. I'd have rather seen that charge a little bit. You know, even something small like fifty cents or a dollar. Right. Even and then they could have. Put in more effort to have you said like the noises and the movement and stuff. I think a lot of people would have been into that, right? Yes. So what we're going to do is is we're going to stick with PlayStation for our next news item of number eight, which is that the PlayStation Five fan will use software updates based upon game data to optimize performance. This sounds pretty intelligent, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go this on. There's, there's nothing wrong that's going to happen. Nothing, nothing bad is going to happen with that. There's no way that game data will get confused and corrupted and the fan will start losing its mind for no reason. 
Um, news item number nine. No, that's it. <laughs> yeah. A little, little bit of sarcasm and move on. Yeah. News okay. item number news item number nine. Uh, Kojima announced Kojima Productions has their next game in the works. So people are speculating it's a Death Stranding 2. We don't know. We don't know. Guys, do you have any impressions or thoughts about Kojima working on a game? Were you pleased with that Death Stranding uh, delivery of the first Kojima Productions title? Um, first off, I think it was kind of hinted that it was Death Stranding 2 by like a tweet by him. But um, the first game, it really didn't hit for me. I did buy it. I did try it for about five to ten hours. Um, I know one of my good friends absolutely loved the game. So I don't know. It's, it's polarizing, that one. Um as far as Kojima games, I don't think I've ever really been a big fan of his. I was never a Metal Gear Solid fan at all. But, um, you know, you want to see um, smart, intelligent people making games, no matter what. You don't want to lose them from yeah. the business. So as long as he keeps making games, it's good to me, even if they're not for me. I agree with that. I, I agree, too. Well said. Well said. Um, news item number 10. Smash Bros. <laughs> removes the meat victory screen for Steve. I mean, what's going on here? Is it is it too what is what's going on? Is it too inappropriate? Like what's happening here? It was very know. inappropriate. Like, Did you just, see it? He I if he's if you're playing as Steve and you know you you beat other people with your meat and you win, like you want to show that off, right? All right, so so for one, did you consider how you were saying what you just said? Very, very precise wording right there. Okay. Corey, what's your response? Why was it positioned that way? Why did they make that screen look like it like it did? His hands were down there. The pork chop was facing straight up. It was just uncomfortable. It was... I don't want to see Steve that way. Well, was, it a, was, was there a, a bone in that pork chop? Or... It was very pixelated. It's, it's hard to see. Oh, okay. It's hard to see. Jeremy, what's your what's your uh, what's your very take very this? very pixelated? So it sounds like they, they may covered remove, it up themselves. They, well, they may remove it here, but it'll definitely pass in Japan. Um, <laughs> moving on to news item eleven. This is a biggie. This, this is, is a biggie, guys. Dude, so many people are mad. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has been delayed until December 10th. Uh, guys, what's going on in this world? It went gold. I don't understand how this happens. Gold means your game is done. It's like pressed to disc, correct? It is It is to a point where it can be pressed to disc. Right. Like yeah. it was done. So this is this is tough news, man. People want cyberpunk. Um, from what I've been reading, it seems like the previous gens are really, really holding it back. And uh, CD Projekt Red, you know, we love to talk about how good of a, a company they are. They want to make sure this is a great game, even for those people, because those people have a lot of money. There's a lot of systems out there and they want them to buy it. But, oh, man, they've kind of uh, put themselves in a tough spot announcing a date and then backtracking and announcing a date and backtracking. No, no one likes it. But it's going to come out eventually. Hopefully, it'll be a good game, and people won't think about it. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, as long as it comes out before Christmas, I don't think there should be like a real 
big issue about it. Jeremy, you had a pretty good take on this, right? Yeah, I was I was kind of saying before that it feels like it feels like CD Projekt Red is suffering a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like we made The Witcher three. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when we did our bonus level about things that defined previous generation, that game is one of the pillars that defined previous generation so much so that it's not only it's redefined how you approach RPGs in regards to games in a lot of ways. So you made that game and now you got it. And now here's the next game after that one. Right. You're you're putting so much pressure on yourself. You're already having undue pressure coming from the industry. The game industry does this all the time, right? We just did this with No Man's Sky, and then we just did it with Anthem, and now we're doing it again, where they put so much pressure on a developer with such a highly anticipated game. They're already feeling the pressure from there. There's probably a lot of internal pressure from, you know, we want to be so consumer-friendly. We're the darling of the gaming industry right now, and we created this absolutely great, studio-defining, genre-defining game, how do we follow that up? Oh, well, is it good enough? Is it good enough? Is it good enough? Are we good enough? Are we good enough? Well, maybe if we delay it, we can make sure it's good enough so that way it can make, you know, because we it has to be good enough because we're good enough, right? Like, aren't we good enough? I think that's what's <laughs> constantly going on in the head of the people there, and that's why they keep delaying. I saw, like, a little screenshot of a joke they made of how they posted on Twitter October 6th, no more delays. Mm-hmm. And then when they announced the delay, they tweeted like over it or something like, would anybody notice if we deleted this? Like, you know, right. <laughs> there's obviously some self-awareness there, but I think they're feeling so much pressure. They're getting a little bit of imposter syndrome. They want to, they, they, they think they're as good as they are. But they aren't a hundred percent sure if they're able to make this game and this game comes out and it's great. And it's Witcher three esque as far as quality. I think that validates it for them. And they aren't going to have that much of an imposter uh, uh, a, a syndrome for their next game. But right. I think, I think this is what attaining great things does is it can, it also exposes some uncertainty you may hold, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a great take. I mean, and I kind of agree with you. Uh, you mentioned No Man's Sky and Anthem. I don't think no matter what this gets released as, it's not going to be down to that level. Oh, no. I think Doubtful. their standard is just so high, though, that even bringing out a game that's like an 8 out of 10, it's like it's not good enough for them. Yeah. So, like, who cares about delays when the game actually is out? As long as it's a good game. No one cares at that point. Right. Right. So. Right. That's that's how it should be. I mean, yeah, that was it's it. delayed. That's... That sucks, but whatever. Right. Uh, news item number twelve: Buck Snacks. We mentioned it briefly before on this on this podcast. Uh, it's the first PS Plus game for the PlayStation Five on launch. So you don't have to really pay for this game if you're paying for P- PS Plus, which is which is great because it didn't look like a game I was necessarily <laughs> going to put a lot of money on anyway. <laughs> right. Right. Um. Corey, you're the here. You're, you're the one here that was deemed by Sony worthy enough to get a PlayStation Five. Yes, yes. Do do you have interest in this? Is this something you're going to jump into launch day, or do you have other games you're going to prioritize? Oh yeah, definitely other games. But I'm happy to have like a complete PS5 game as a freebie. That's mm-hmm. really cool to me. Um, and another thing we did not add: Destruction All Stars, which was also going to be a launch title for PS5. That got delayed till February, and that's going to be a PS Plus game. So I like seeing these full PS5 games going to PS Plus. Yeah. Um, 
And since there's not a big library to start off, we might start getting kind of these mid-tier games that no one was really going to buy too much that you're just going to get for free now because there's not that whole library of games they can give away. You know, right. so Bug Snacks, it was the first one up. You know, like you said, I don't think I would have bought it at all, even on a major sale, but I'll try it out. It has a little bit of interest with me. Yeah. I mean, it's way better offerings to what the Xbox game of Games with Gold is going to be for the Series X launch. It is going to be games. I read about the games 10 minutes ago. Don't remember them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have not seen that story yet, what it's going to be. Well, it's not a story. Because oh. it's basically <laughs> it's just it's, it's, a it's just really it's just really nothing. It's a non-story. Um, and then we have our last item. This is another biggie that happened, uh, which is AMD announced their new RX six thousand graphics cards. So we've been talking, I think, for the past month or so about how the RTX three thousand series cards they're amazing, super behemoths. They came out, nobody can get them. I just got an email from Micro Center saying that, hey, we just got 300 of them. We only have 300 of them. If you want one, you better be one of the first 300 to come and get it. So AMD has announced their RX. They have uh, a 6800, the RX 6800 XT, and the RX 6900 XT. And they are all using their RDNA 2 architecture which is um, the same architecture that's in their RX 5000 series cards. They're still using 7 nanometer processor, which is on their RX 5000 series cards. Um, they're calling it Big Navi. And uh, this is also, this RDNA 2 is also the same architecture that's being used in the Series X and the PlayStation 5 consoles, but they're more PC-based. So um, they're the first instance of you being able to get them on the PC. Um, in regards to... Certain other things like, I don't know, uh, game clocks, the 6800, you have, um, you know, 1.8 gigahertz or one point, or let's say like 1,815 megahertz, uh, the 6800 XT, 2,015 megahertz, and the 6900 XT, 2,015 megahertz. Um, but as far as compute units, which is really important, 6800 has 60, 6800 XT has 72, and the XT have 80. And what's really important about these cards is that these cards are AMD's foray into ray tracing. That's right. They're finally with the RX RTX cards in regards to ray tracing. They're supposed to be able to do it um, not the way that that NVIDIA does it using DLSS and software, but actually doing it um, from a hardware. I forgot exactly how it was that, uh, that I, you know, when I read it and stuff because it was all this stuff is insane, but um, yeah, they're getting into the RTX game. They're they're as far as their power efficiency, they're more power efficient than the RTX cards, which usually isn't the case at all. Nvidia usually is always more power efficient than AMD cards, but AMD is getting them there, and it, they also have uh, a streamlined process with the Ryzen, the new Ryzen uh, chips. Uh, for some reason, they're able to share memory, and that therefore can streamline the process, and you can get better performance out of your um, your RX 6000 series card if you're using a brand new Ryzen chip. But that's cool if you're going to use both of those together. It's kind of proprietary, but, you know, uh, but other words, you know, other words, it's it's nice price. You might want to know how much this stuff is. So the RX 6800 is coming out at 579, 6800 XT coming out at 649 and the 6900 XT coming out at nine. 
90s nine. <laughs> Guys, so they're, they're all cheaper than the RTX, like comparable ones, right? Yeah, because okay. I th- I think they're trying to determine if maybe they they finally have met Nvidia in their space, right? They believe with the new Ryzen chips they've meet or beat Intel in their space, and that's why they're the first chips that are charging to actually be the same price if not more expensive than the Intel counterparts. This one, they're still a little bit lower. They know that Nvidia still has a little bit more. A little bit more gas there than Intel does with them in regards to the silicon. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but all those cards, so at least two, the 6800 and the XT, those come out November 18th. Uh, the 6900 XT, which is the big boy, that comes out December 8th. So, um, yeah, guys, brand new graphics cards, tons of money. Are you guys interested in getting these graphics cards at all? You, I know we each, we all have PC rigs. So, is it time for a graphic card update? I was fortunate to have one of my subscribers update me like two months ago, so I'm good for a while. Oh yeah, that's right. You're 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 in the RTX clan, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even know. I had to I, I had to look at the box. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um yeah, I already told the story. I had my cable plugged into the um graphics card that was just on the PC I bought when I bought it instead of my good graphics card. So I'm not really in the PC market at all. I'm an idiot. Um, I like this competition though. This feels like a Xbox versus PS uh, PlayStation type of thing. You know, they're one up in each other. They're going lower. Hey, this is more powerful. And that kind of stuff just breeds um, better products down the line. Agreed. So cool with me, but Jeremy, I'm really interested to hear yours. Cause you seem like you have a real handle yeah, on like these companies and what it means what what would you do if if you could do if you had the money right now what card are you getting from which company um yeah so i thought about this because i'm needing to upgrade my rig soon and i'm gonna roll with e- the rtx nvidia and the reason i would is because of um driver support nvidia okay. is just better all around at driver support it's easier uh it's easier to integrate it's easier to use um, and, uh, they were the first to ray tracing. So I feel like in regards to seeing how it works, they probably have it a little bit better figured out or in mind of how, of where they are and how they want to progress it. Um, and as well as NVIDIA does a lot of stuff in regards to streaming and stuff like that, uh, okay. that just a lot more tools there. So I myself would go NVIDIA on the graphics card, but definitely go on Ryzen on the CPU, no doubt. Okay. Um, so, what, um. What graphics card? Which, uh, what, they got 3070, 80, and 90? Yeah, I'm probably going 3070 because it okay. gives you the performance of a 2080 Ti. Okay. So that's 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 it, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah sounds cool, man. Yeah. Uh, but that is the last item for our morning announcements. And we're, going, we're going to move on to the roundtable. Now, guys, we're, we're going to bring back a little discussion we were having, you know? We did some the best Xbox console, right? And then I was able to uh, win that with the original Xbox, much to Corey's <laughs> chagrin. And then we talked about the uh, PlayStation console. And I'll be honest, I can't remember which one won that. I think it was the PlayStation PS2, 2, right? PS2, PS2, yeah. yeah, we were all kind of in agreement with that, right? Now. And then obviously we had our very contentious Nintendo one, right? Where I had to uh, set Corey straight while also humbling myself 
in regards to the legend yeah, that you, is. How Nintendo do you do Wii. both? <laughs> you set because, me straight while losing? Because I got I got the Wii higher than you wanted, but not yes. as high as I would have yes. liked. Okay. So we right? both lost. <laughs> yeah, we, we both, both lost. <laughs> we both won. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, but we mentioned in all those other ones, especially with the PlayStation one and the Nintendo one, that we weren't including handhelds. Right. Why? Because we wanted to do handhelds all to their self. Their consoles, they deserve yeah. to be, you know, dignified with their own kind of category and competition, right? So our roundtable is going to be top five handheld consoles of all time. Now, guys, we'll be straight up with you on this one. This may be the one, full transparency, right? Because we're <laughs> bold and we're... This may be the most feelings, no facts roundtable we have. Right. We're just mostly going off of, hey, this is this is where it hits me. Right. So. Right. Um, so, yeah. How do we guys do we want to go one to five, five to one? I feel like it's always more suspensive when we go, when we go five to one. So I, I think we have to determine what five there are, because when we were discussing this, we're like, hey, let's rank all the handhelds. There's like yeah. 50 different handhelds. We couldn't do it. That's why we're doing Wait, yeah, top five this time. So um, ah. I say I say we nominate. A couple, and if we all agree they should be in the top five, they're in the top five, and then okay. we'll maneuver them. Ah, okay, all right, yeah. So first we'll we'll select our competitors, and then they'll fight it out. Yes, yes. Ah, yes. gotcha. Okay, so then who's our first competitor? Who um, think? I think it's got to be on there, no matter what. The best-selling console of all time, the Nintendo DS. Ah, okay, Nintendo DS. Right, uh, David, you agree with that? Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say the uh, original Game Boy, but I I could see that being a top five for sure. Okay, Nintendo DS makes it as the first entrant. Now, what other console are we looking at? What other consoles? I mean, he just with? mentioned Game Boy. I mean, that's okay. what that's what really set it off for a lot but, of people. I know there was some stuff before it, but there's and, a better version of Game Boy. I think we should just get rid of Game Boy and put the Game yeah. Boy Color in. Ah, you're getting rid of the Big I Bad guess. Gray. Getting rid of the original Big Bad Gray. Yeah, it's great. It set the standard, but you have the Game Boy, but better. And we ah. kind of talked about how we were going to do like different iterations. Like it's not just right. the entire DS line. It's like we're going to pick the best DS. Which I guess I forgot to mention. I actually wanted to nominate the DS uh, Lite. Which was a lot less of that clamshell look, and it was a lot sleeker, um, just a lot better overall, which I think is the best DS. And for the Game Boy, I think we got to pick the Game Boy Color. Okay, okay. So we have the Nintendo I, I DS. We have, we have the Game Boy Color. Should we be writing this down? Nah. Well, we'll, <laughs> okay. we'll remember it. We'll remember okay. it. Yeah. So we have the Nintendo DS. We have the Game Boy Color. We have the Nintendo DS Lite. You want to make that an entrant? Uh, I just want to kick out the Nintendo DS. The DS Lite is the best version of that. Okay, okay. So Nintendo DS Lite, Game Boy Color. What's our next move, guys? I Uh, think pick Jeremy. Yeah, I think you're forgetting a legend in this space. Don't do it. Yeah, don't say it. Wait, what? Just just say it. Just say it. Just you're gonna you're gonna pick something stupid. I'm gonna gonna pick something stupid. (laughs) I think the Game Gear is the best. Now look, that's, that's not how you sound. Bro. I don't have I don't have experience with the Game Gear, and I do okay, kind of sound yeah. like that. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick. Am I going to do a spit take? 
the PlayStation Vita deserves Ooh, to be uh, in that gonna, top five. I was going to say the PSP. I agree with the PSP. That's 100% uh-huh. deserves to be on there. I agree with the Vita. Okay. I did okay. not think two PlayStation consoles were going to go on there, so I was going to fight for the PSP. But I, I really like the Vita. So Okay. Okay. Um, so we've got room for one more. We got room for one more. So we have the Game Boy Advance, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's see some of the games. We got the Minish, Legend of Zelda Minish Cap, Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission. Um, li- listen, here's the thing with um, with Nintendo uh, handheld consoles. They all got kind of the same games, just right. better versions as it went on. You know, they all have a Pokemon. It's just about which one you like. They all got a Zelda on there. They all got Mario. They all got Mario Kart, Animal Crossing. So it's like, which one did you like the most personally? Um, we have Game Boy Advance left, and we have the Nintendo 3DS. So... Are either of you two like fond of one over the other? You know, I really like the advance because you could plug in your light and play with the little squiggly light thing, and you know, it, I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. That's all I got. That's all I got. got I mean, that's all it needs. That's all it needs, David. <laughs> Game Boy Advance gets in there. <laughs> so you want like the purple one? Like, yeah, like the, the see-through uh, purple. Like, you don't want the SP that had, like, the backlight that made it easier. It was, like... That that just made things easier. Like... Right. Why would I guess. Like I mean, it probably... <laughs> it probably should go in there because it was probably more optimized. Well, which one is more iconic, David? The little clear I mean, purple one. Iconic is the purple one. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You know, I'm not going to argue it. The, the, the see-through light purple one. Yeah. Has made it in over the SP, which had a backlight and it had a protective shell and it set the standard. Okay. That's okay. fine. That's fine. Okay. This is all about heart yeah. today. Was it clear? You know, you know how many of those snapped? It wasn't though. How many, David? I don't know, but personally, <laughs> I, I agree, don't want to talk David. about it. Yep, I agree with <laughs> that. Okay, all right. So we have actually our five, correct? We have our five. Okay, um, Jeremy, how far do you want to take the Vita, man? I want to take it pretty far. You can't take it number one. Well, who said anything about it going number I'm one? I'm just saying. All right, you 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 had that you had that twinkle in your eye. All mm, right. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. All right. Let's let's do this. Five to one. Five to one. What's number five? I think number five is the Game Boy Advance. Um. Even if it was SP, I still think it's number it's it's number five. It's got some great games, like I said, Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission. Um, but I, I don't know. It was just, it still had like the two buttons only, right? And the L and R. So, you know, the games were a little bit simpler. Um, I mean, that was the introduction to the L and R on the handheld for Nintendo, wasn't it? I don't know. This was Pretty no sure. research. I know <laughs> that, but no what, what, what was before I the advance? so, yeah. Gameplay okay, color? That's cool. That's cool. Good for the. So it was an advancement in number of buttons. Yeah, yeah, so that's cool. But uh, I still think it was a little bit more simplistic compared to what we got on the very next one, which is the DS. So I think I think Game Boy Advance. Do you guys have a number five? I don't want to keep talking. Why not? Um, Look, I... I don't know. Jeremy I guess it too. I can see it. I, he thinks it, too. He's trying to word it in a way that makes it sound like I disagree with Corey, but he's right. You know... I disagree with Corey, but he's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. When, uh, I, he's he is saying something I agree with, though <laughs> I am seeking to find ways of not agreeing with him. Okay, so I think the Game Boy Advance is a great system. Great system. Great. It's, system. it's a great. It's a great one, honestly. Um, special place in my heart. That that clear that clear purple is just so so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the games that came with. It. I remember playing Harvest Moon on it like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I got I got to put it five. I got to put it five. I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, number four. Number four. Um, I'm, o- I'm okay with two here. You're okay so, with two. I have two the, that I would be okay. Out of the ones we have left, I'd, I I would put the Vita down there. I was thinking Vita as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see now now I'm now I'm being sabotaged. <laughs> That's uh, kind of sus. The the the, the, P, the PS Vita was um, one of the first true. Attempts at uh, integrating it with a main console that didn't require, you know, all these weird contraptions and plugins and yada 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 stuff like that, right? Being able to take your game with you, your console game with you, right? That's what Xbox is trying to do now with the whole project X Cloud is you can take your console game with you, right? The PS Vita sought to do that first, um, and which really surprises in, me over Nintendo. It, in that in that regards, I mean, it's a it's an innovator. It's a game changer. I mean, you know, however I, many years after it came out, they're still trying to emulate and do that. Listen, Jeremy, I think I think the PS Vita was the best of times and the worst of times. I think it had such a split of man. This about the Vita is so amazing. It had such a great like uh, PlayStation Store with what games you could buy from the PlayStation One um, and back and just. You could hack that thing, and that maybe we shouldn't be talking about like ROM hacks on it. But it was like a, <laughs> it could play. It was a machine that could play anything. The screen was like beautiful. It was the Switch before the Switch. Mm-hmm. You could play AAA games on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt great in your hands. You know, it had the two um, dual sticks. You know, which usually handhelds don't have. It, it was it was amazing. It was a beautiful console. The games on it. Um, people didn't make games for it, man. Like at all. It had very underwhelming games. It was great for indies, but it didn't have those AAA titles. Um, also, the memory card system on that thing was horrendous. Well, like, great. It, is, it is worse than what the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are doing. For like 20 gigs, it was like 100 bucks. It was so expensive. Yeah. Holy um, Jesus. And like, I, I do love the console. I really do. Um, I traded in my entire Xbox 360 collection to get it. I was so excited for it. Um, but man, I don't know. It's just, it's fun to play. And, you know, if you have like, if you can hack it and unlock it and all that stuff, it's a forever council. That's the council that you take to an island with you because it has every game, you know. But uh, I don't know. I think it's number four. Uh, it's number like, four, but it could have been number one had history gone just a little bit differently. Had it sold well, had it ch- had a cheaper memory card that people could actually buy, it could have been the best handheld. Like, like personally, I knew like three or four people that had that. You know, while you know, ever like I knew tons of people that had whatever Game Boy was out at the time or DS. You know, I'm just saying Game Boy to be general. But like, it just fell hard even after almost nobody bought it. Like I. I didn't hear anything a- about it after a-, a year or two of it being out. I mean, it, it, it's simple. It failed. 
And while it's a good console, it failed. And that's what made Sony stop producing handhelds. Had it been successful, they would have kept doing it. Yeah, so it had it had the great innovation. I we can we can give those respects to it for sure, but that's that's it. They didn't they didn't implement that idea correctly, I guess, since it fell hard. Um okay. Any last any last words, Jeremy? I mean PS Vita can go can go number four. Um <laughs> You know, uh, it's it, it tried to innovate, do a lot of things. Uh, right. Which is why I, I can. That's why I agree with it being on this list. It had a great it had a great thing, but just didn't have that extra. Right. Right. Um, I mean, yeah. So for, you know, I'll, I'll deal with that. This seems to be more so, you know, we seem to be more a collection of people that don't really appreciate innovation. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, we can go ahead and we can go ahead and put it at four. PS Vita at four. I'll I'll take that. You uh you purchased the PS Vita, Jeremy? No. Oh. Oh, because <laughs> I had one. So I know. I'm playing I pl- that I, pl- card. I played it though. You probably played it more than me. I really <laughs> loved I really loved it, but I really did. It just didn't have anything, man. Persona okay, so- 4 Golden. Good game. Great yeah. game. I bought more PSP games on it. Ah, okay. So, okay, so, uh, so you yes. had two systems that you would have put at number four. What was the other one? You know, I hate I hate old people, and I hate you know old things. So, Game Boy, like who cares? It's old, man. It started everything. It has classic games. It's old. I would never play one again. For the time, it was amazing. It's old. Die, old person. Pretty, pretty aggravated over here. I'm a little aggravated. What do you want? <laughs> I'm a man of the future. Okay. It's old, Jeremy. It's old. Come on. So, I mean, we're talking about the Game Boy Color, right? That's old too. Yeah. You're gonna put the Game Boy Color number three. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Okay. We have other entrants left. You're telling me you're gonna put above the Game Boy Color. Yeah, of course. The two that are left are my two favorite handhelds of all time. David, how do you feel about Game Boy Color at number three? You know, I really thought it would it would take the second place spot. I didn't see it taking first. What, is, what do you see? What do you see at number three? Uh, I wanna, even though I'm the I said it over the Vita. Like I think I think that'd be a nice spot for the PSP. I agree. <laughs> I 100% I wanna, agree. Okay, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. You know, we said we were going based off of feelings more. I don't even remember owning a Game Boy. I'm sure I did because I've owned pretty much every console. But okay. I owned a PSP and I played my PSP. It has some of my favorite games: Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. I never even played Final Fantasy VII the original. I played that game. It was amazing. It was my first taste of Final Fantasy Tactics. Jeremy, have you played that game? Yeah, it's a great game. You yeah. did okay. Yeah, it's a I think. great game. Was like, that a handheld? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was on, okay. It was on the I did play. It. That's, I why, did play that's why it. I'm talking about it, David. We're doing a, a top hey, handheld hey, system. Do, do here. not do not call my call out my spaciness. All right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics: The War of the Lions. Like, man, that's a great game. It had um, uh, God of War: Chains of Olympus. I thought was really well done. Um, it has some. It had some great games on the system. So. 
I think it's number two for me personally. Like I said, emotion based. But right. if you guys have more emotional attachment to the Game Boy Color, I'm 100% okay with that. I am fine. I would say not even more emotional attachment. It, um, it was just like a better console, you know? <laughs> like just just like from a from like a technical aspect, you know, um, yeah, the like, PSP kind of had a sucky screen. Um, the battery life on it wasn't amazing. Yeah, um, that's true. I know. put a lot of. I did play the PSP actually. I, I never did play the Vita. Like I put a lot of hours into the game Infected. It was a zombie game. You can mm. play as the, uh, the uh, band members of Slipknot oh. and just listen oh. to metal music the whole time. So I mean, it was really cool. And I, I did put a lot of hours into it, but like just Game Boy Color, I think goes over there because like I had the printer, right? I did. Yeah, Game Boy know. Color. Yes, there was a printer, and then like yes. Pokemon Pin Pinball. I mean, it had, those it had are, Pokemon so, Red and Blue. Those which are is two, like the those real. Are two very interesting pluses you gave the Game Boy Color, David. <laughs> he skips over Red like. and Blue. Which I like, <laughs> but well, no, Red and Blue. Well, no. First, he said uh, the printer. Which isn't even, right. it's not even a game. But right. I like that. Because I had to think, and I was like, you know what? It did have a printer. It did have a printer. And you know oh, what? So cool. Thank you, David. That's why it's number two. Okay? Not just because it had a printer, but it had a printer. That's incredible, right? Oh, also, and it had Pokemon Pinball. And it had Pokemon Pinball. And it had Pokemon Red. It had Pokemon Blue. It had Pokemon Yellow, right? Yeah, yeah. It had um, Pokemon Gold and Silver. Gold and Silver, exactly. Right. right? It had right. all the Pokemons. Besides that, though, it had the great Harvest Moon games. I talked about playing Harvest Moon on Game Boy Advance. I started playing it on Color. It's absolutely incredible, right? Oh, it had, I uh, uh, forgot which Metroid that it had on it, right? I played Metroid that. Metroid 2. There we go, right? Like the Game Boy Color is absolutely incredible. Super all the different Mario attachments Land. I had for it. Ex- yes. Um, it, and I, think, so, I think the biggest know. one. Is, is Tetris. I know that was for Game Boy, but this is a Game Boy. Tetris is the biggest well, puzzle game of all time. Red and Blue was Game Boy. Right, right, but we're talking about the best version of Game Boy, which I think well, is I know. the Game Boy Color. But you just said Tetris, then you said, I know it was for Game Boy. So right, just, so, I mean, okay. and Tetris, greatest puzzle game of all time, the biggest one, most best-selling one. Um, okay, PSP 3, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Color 2. two. Yeah, so that means I'm, we didn't even have to fight for first place. <laughs> it, like it was just easy. Yeah, first first place is easy. Okay, I mean, do we want to talk about the DS? I mean, um, well, seeing how we just <laughs> incredibly slammed your ass with the Game Boy Color, <laughs> I, t- we'll I was fine you, with we'll it. We'll let you. We'll let you go ahead and talk about the Nintendo DS. I I just believe the Nintendo DS is my most played handheld of all time. It had absolute bangers in terms of games. It's where I figured out about Advance Wars, which I really like, and I would hope they would bring back. Um, they have Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. The best versions of those games, it had Pokemon Black and White and Black and White 2, which were really good. It started the new Super Mario Bros. series, which, you know, uh, the first one was really great, and they've kind of milked it a little bit. Had a, you know, like I said, all Nintendo games kind of had the same kind of, had a great had a great Mario right. Kart. It had a great Zelda, um, had a ton of great RPGs. So, um, in my mind, it's the best handheld of all time. We already said it's the best-selling one. Everybody and their mother and their brother had a ds you know i think it was the first uh handheld console to really push for the online um where you could play 
even more so with friends through Wi-Fi and stuff like that with Mario Kart and uh, just a great console um, mm-hmm. in my mind. Very well designed. The clamshell look where you could open fold it was beautifully done. Um, and it kept innovating on it. You know, I think the DS Lite is the best version, but I wouldn't be surprised if I looked it up and there was like four or five different kind of DSs. So um, yeah. my favorite. And you guys are okay with that? Easily. Yeah. I do have yeah. a question though. So the DS... And I okay the 3ds 2ds like what is the big difference because they essentially look the same to me. Yeah. Um. I mean, it was just it was just a different console. It'd be like you know what's the big difference between PS4 and PS5 or PS3 and PS4? You know. Okay. They, that's, that's what they, I thought. They, they broke. They broke. Wait, are you talking about between the DS and 3ds or the 3ds and 2ds? Uh, like the DDS, the DS and, and then the 3ds slash 2ds. Like I know yeah, the just, 3d just, 2d. Just a different generation of games. So, you know, they just, made it more powerful. Hey, you're making games for this console now. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I still think I think the DS definitely takes the take for those. Because it's, I think, it's essentially I think the, 3, the same thing. Yeah, I think the 3DS is very good too. You know, I could have. Yeah, I would have been okay with it on here. It's just an updated DS. Yeah. So yeah, DS easy. DS it is. All right, All right guys. That's our top five handhelds. Of all time, um, man, we just we got Corey so good on that PSP, unbelievable. I gave okay. it to you. Okay, <laughs> where did we put the Vita? You put it. Oh, in the- oh wow! <laughs> what? Oh, shots. Oh, wow. <laughs> David's getting sick of your crap. <laughs> I was, I was, I was directing my ire at you, and then he, and then he, <laughs> know, he stuck up for me. I appreciate it. It's a little bit of rock paper scissors between us. <laughs> Right, okay. right. Okay. One one beats the other. Okay. Well, uh, we are going to move on from uh, the round table and to what we're playing. Because, you know, we're also playing games still, not just in the past, but also now, probably in the mm-hmm. future. So uh, who wants to start first with what they're playing? I'll go because it's going to be quick. Everyone knows what I'm playing. It's always the same stuff. Apex, Dead Bed Daylight, Overwatch. But there is a new one. Spell break. I'll talk about more of that later. And that's okay. it. You know, that's my go tos. Who's, who's does that? uh does Dead by Daylight do anything special for uh, Halloween? Uh yeah, they have login bonuses, there's some new cosmetics, and there's uh some extra blood points you can get from uh the generators and hooks while playing the game. With blood points is how you uh, upgrade your your people and your killers. All right, cool, man. Uh, Jeremy, you want me to go? Um, sure. I haven't been on in a month, so I have a ton of games. Uh, I'm just gonna list through them a lot, real quick. I've been playing a ton of Rocket League. No one cares about that. Nothing new. I tried out Steve uh, on Smash Bros with the pork chop. You know, we talked about it. He's beating his meat or whatever. Um, I hated him. I uh, wasn't a character for me. Uh, Fall Guys Season 2 premiered. Uh, you guys didn't do it justice at all. I was very disappointed. Um, but they added like four brand new games. One of them's absolute trash, but the other three are pretty fun. It doesn't change the game that much, but hey, it's nice to see them doing that kind of stuff. Um, I've been playing Beat Saber. I've been playing The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, and I've been playing Echo VR. Those are all VR games that I will talk about a little bit later. I'm having fun with all those. Um, I guess the two bigger ones I've been playing, though, are Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. 
um, in Hades. So Crash Bandicoot 4, I'm not a Crash guy in general. I never really played the original ones. My wife loves them. So we bought this one. We've been playing together a little bit, her more than me. But I've been getting into it. It's It seems like pretty standard Crash with, like, small, you know, updates to the gameplay. You know, he can ride rails now. He can do this and that. But uh, she's having some fun with it. It's, it's very difficult, more difficult than I thought it would be. I don't remember if the originals were like that. But uh, it's a very tough game. A lot of collectibles. There's a lot of things you can do. Like you can go back to previous zones that you've completed and do like inverted levels where the level might be um, you have to use echo. So the entire level is white. And every time you spin, it sends an echo out to reveal the level, which is really cool. They have one that's like watercolor paintings. So you can go back and play these different things. Uh, like I said, if you're a fan of Crash, my wife just got the giggles when she could play as Dingo. I don't know who Dingo is. Uh, but he's like half crocodile, half something. And uh, she figured out you could play as him when we got to that level. And she started giggling. And it made me very happy personally because <laughs> she's a hard person to get to giggle. Um, so, yeah, that's Crash 4. Then I've been playing Hades. I put 40 hours into Hades. Hades is a roguelike game Dang. made by Supergiant. Yeah, yeah. Supergiant made Bastion. They made Transistor. And they made Pyre. So um, I loved Pyre a lot. My brother bought this game with GameShare, so I was able to play it. But yeah, it's a roguelike game where you play Zagreus. He's the son of Hades. So you're in the underworld, and you're trying to make your way up to the mainland where Persephone is. That's your mother. That was Hades' wife. So you're going through these areas of the underworld, and you're getting powers from the Greek gods who are on Mount Olympus. Zeus, Poseidon, all those guys. And they give you these boons that help you for that individual run. Now, you don't get to keep them once you die because in like a roguelike, you kind of start over. But um, it's just a lot of fun. They give you kind of like unique powers. You know, Zeus is obviously going to give you more lightning based stuff, but all the gods give you stuff. Um, a lot of secrets to be found. I really enjoy this type of roguelike because you feel really good when you get that good mix of powers. Because like I said, you start fresh every run. But once you get that great combination that just like makes sense and you feel all powerful and you make a really good run, it's amazing. And unlike most roguelikes, this has a great story. Like the dynamic between Hades and Zagreus, who are father and son, is excellent. Um, the dynamic between the gods and Zagreus and Zagreus and his mother, well written. And I've, uh, I've completed the game 10 times, um, like 10 runs. You have to do that to roll credits. And there's been new dialogue, new story facets, new updates to the underworld where you start the entire time. Then great game. If you like roguelikes, roguelikes at all, you should get this game. This is going to be high up on my game of the year. So that is Hades. Cool. Nice. Yes. Sounds very good. So um, I have I have been playing not as many games. But I've played about three, I think. Uh, I played and beat Shadow Warrior 2, which is currently available, I believe, on PC Game Pass. Um, but played that, enjoyed the crap out of it. It is kind of like I was saying before, it is um, it's like the Asian cousin of Doom. Mm. Right? In Doom, you're a Doom guy, you go around killing demons. In Shadow Warrior, you're, you're a ninja assassin named Lo Wang, and you go around killing demons. Um and it has a mix of melee and, you know, firearm attack and aiming. I will say that the shooting is meh. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it's okay. Um, I will say that the shotgun in that game 
one of the most gratifying shotguns I've played in an FPS in a long time. Like when you fire that thing, <laughs> it feels like you're shooting a shotgun. It <laughs> it's just it just packs a punch. Um, and also the writing in it, super funny. It's by Devolver Digital, so we know like kind of their sense of humor and everything like that. It's obviously there's a bunch of profanity gestures. It's kind of infantile humor that's a bit transgressive. All the great things. Uh, so <laughs> I've been playing that. That was a really fun game. Uh, I've started playing. Uh, a little bit of Mafia 3 Definitive Edition. Um, the game looks beautiful. It sounds very good. I'm not a fan of the way they're telling the story because they're telling the story kind of like this mix of documentary style with these vignettes of certain things and they're interviewing people who you don't know at the beginning. You eventually learn who they are. But it kind of feels like in contrast with the first two mafias, if I'm viewing something from like a documentary perspective, then it feels like there's a buffer between me and the character. So when I'm playing as Link and Clay, I kind of feel like I'm just catching up to what he did and I'm not creating anything or I'm not making these things happen and then just suffering the repercussions. I feel like I'm catching up to him doing these things and then seeing how he deals with the repercussions of them. Um, so I'm playing a little bit of that. And then I've also started playing a little bit of rage too. I've had my eye on this game for a while because I actually was a decent fan of the first rage. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play rage two now after it's been out for a little while. So they've had some time to give it to some of the technical issues I had at first. Now, in in contrast to how Shadow Warrior 2 feels when shooting, the shooting in Rage 2 feels amazing. Like it has some of the best feeling shooting I've played in the FPS in a long, long time. Just in your ability to aim and be accurate in the way that all the recoil and stuff feels with the guns and you know um, how the reticle looks, uh, the sound of it and everything. The shooting in that game is unbelievable. Um, not much else about that game is remarkable, though. And it has an open world. Open world is pretty useless. There's not a lot to do in it. So I don't know why it's an open world. It seems like they could have just made it more of a linear type of story. But I have to get more into that. I've probably played maybe a couple of hours of it. So I'm going to dive a little bit more into it. But yeah, that's uh, that's what that's pretty much what I've been playing. I took a brief reprieve from Ghost of Tsushima just because I didn't have enough time to get back into it. But that will probably be on the next go around because uh, still making my way through it. Yeah. Right, cool. Yep. So, um, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. You know how we do. We'll be back with more thoughts and players and a very, very special. Was it worth it? This level of thoughts and players is brought to you by us. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, please show your support and let us know by subscribing to the podcast, following us on the socials, and contributing to community surveys and questions around our community segments. Doing so will help the podcast grow, keep our content engaging, and most importantly, make sure your voice is heard. Thanks for tuning in. And now, back to the show. And we are back with more thoughts and players. We're moving on to the Was It Worth It segment. And to take this segment, he's returned, and he's returned with an opinion. That would be Corey. 
Corey, what do you have for us on this Was It Worth It segment? I have for you not a game, but an actual system. We are going to be talking about the Was It Worth It for the Oculus Quest 2, the newest VR system to hit the market. Now, the Oculus Quest 2 comes in kind of like two different styles. There's $300 for a 64-gigabyte one and $400 for a 256-gigabyte one. Um, I got the 64-gigabyte one because I did not realize there was so much more for 100 bucks. I kind of regret it, but it is what it is. Let's talk about the system. Now, um, for anyone that hasn't played VR, this is um, a completely wireless VR. Now, with something like the Oculus Rift and the PSVR and even like the Vive, um, you had to be uh, tethered in, to an extent to a computer or to your PlayStation. This allows you to have VR on the go, sitting down in your bedroom, anywhere you want to take it, moving around, doing room scale stuff. So to me, it's already a step above those other ones. Um, I want to kind of hit the negatives first because I do have some a lot of positives to say, but there are a little bit of negatives. Um, first off, Oculus is owned by Facebook. So when you connect to this, you have to have a Facebook account, I believe. You have to log in through your Facebook, which I know some people are automatically just like out on that take. Um, the battery life. Now, obviously, those other ones, you were connected to a power source. You're good to go. This has about a two to three hour battery life. So you're playing at max for three hours before you've got to put it down and uh, charge it back up. Um, and then also um, the Oculus Quest is totally wireless. So what that means is all the um, hardware is inside the front of the machine. So it's very compact. It's very small. It's not the most powerful uh, VR system out there. So the Oculus Quest does not get all the big games. It does not have Half-Life Alex, which I know is the biggest VR game, people say. Um, Asgard's Wrath, uh, something like Resident Evil 7 isn't being able to be played on there. But um, let's talk about the positives. It's it's amazing what it does to VR uh, to me in terms of what it could mean for everyone because it is wireless. It's three hundred bucks. Um, it does play a lot of big games. I talked about how I played Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. That is a a fully realized game. It's a fifteen hour story game where you have everything you would want in a AAA game. You've got your crafting. You've got your you know exploring big areas. Um, it's just. It's just, um, it's a good game. Uh, sorry, I'm kind of waffling here. But uh, I also have Beat Saber, which Beat Saber is the big one. Everyone knows for VR. It's a little bit like Guitar Hero rhythm game. That's a lot of fun. I also have this game called Echo VR that was free for the system. That is a sports arena type game, four on four, where you're kind of playing like a Tron thing. You're grabbing a disc, you're flinging it. Um, so those are the three games I have. It does have a big store, which you can access through your phone. So you do a lot of that stuff through your phone. You can also go through the headset to do it, but everything can be done through your phone to purchase, to look through it. So you don't have to have that on while you're looking. Um, the store prices, yeah, they seem kind of high, but it's the only place you can get them. So what can you do? It also has other apps that you can go through there. They have YouTube on there, which you can do like a YouTube 360. I watch a lot of those cool videos. You can watch the you can watch Netflix in the most inconvenient way, which is having this big thing strapped on your face, but also really cool. You know, it's like a big theater screen. But um, let's just talk about the console. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, the controllers, I guess I'll show them on screen since we are doing a little bit of video. Sorry for the audio listeners. Controllers are awesome. Uh, they feel great in your hand. 
they have a ton of battery life. You put one AA battery in there and they're still at 100% after, you know, 10, 15 hours of play. They feel real comfortable. Um, if you can see, there's like a little circular thing right now. Again, sorry for audio listeners, but it actually tracks your thumb. So when you're not even touching a button, the on-screen will show you where your thumb placement's at, which is awesome. You know, the actual VR headset itself is, like I said, pretty compact. Um, it's not too heavy on your face. Easy to put on, easy to adjust with straps in the back. It's um, felt material, so it doesn't like hurt after you know a couple hours of play. Right. Um, it has built-in speakers on the headset itself, so you get that surround sound type of um, gaming while you're playing. But it also doesn't take you away from the world. I can be playing this, and my wife can still call me, and I can still hear, so I'm not totally blocked out from everything. Um, the visuals look pretty good. Um, I haven't been able to compare it directly with these other VR systems, but The Walking Dead, which is, like I said, that big AAA game that I do have, it, it's not the greatest looking game, but I haven't come across a VR game that looks as good as like a PS4 game. It does its job. You can tell what things are. It looks good. It's not blurry. Um, and yeah, just the, um, like I said, very compact. It's nice. If you are already, if you already own a VR system, do you need this? I mean, it really depends. I got this because I was kind of sick and tired of having to play directly in front of my TV, five feet away with the camera pointed directly at me. That was not, you know, intuitive to like what I wanted to do with my life. So I got this. Like I said, I play it in bed. I play it standing up. I play it sitting down. It's 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 great. Now, if you've never been uh, a VR person like Jeremy, I know you've never played VR. Um, I would definitely recommend this to anybody because it is a complete system. It has its own store. It's got hundreds of games. It's got online multiplayer game. It's got rhythm games. It's got full length story games. Um, and for someone who's never played VR, the immersion you feel is like unlike any other playing the walking dead game. Like you have to do everything in that game. Now that's a positive for me. You know, like when I'm walking, I'm looking around and I can turn. When I want to grab my gun, I have to reach down with the controller, reach down to my side, press the button like I'm squeezing, which I'm doing in the controller, and that grabs my gun. If I let go of the button, like I'm letting go of my hand, the gun drops on the ground. I then have to pick it back up. Um, you got to squeeze the trigger to shoot. You know, all this stuff is just so immersive in VR. You know, I can hold back a zombie's head with my left hand by pushing out my left hand and then putting a gun to the head and squeezing the trigger and killing him like that. Um, everything is immersion. And that's why you play VR because you cannot get that. No matter how detailed the game is, it's impossible to feel the way you feel in a VR system. I've said it plenty of times. I think VR is the future. Now, it's very hard to be the future when you're tethered, when you're sitting in one spot, when you don't really have the outside world, you can't be really, really connected to it. Now, this still takes you away from the outside world, but it's a huge step in the direction of, hey, this can be way more mainstream. And for 300 bucks, I think that's a pretty good price. Um, PlayStation VR off the get was like 500. I know um, the Vive, HTC Vive is very expensive. Regular Oculus Rift is pretty expensive. If you want to get in the VR, 100% worth it. Um, for me, who already had a PSVR, I still think it's worth it. I'm liking the, the games you can get on the console. And I'm just loving playing it. So if you never played VR, maybe this is the one you get with a little bit of research. Make sure you have some games you're interested in. Pick it up. If you had a different VR, this, this sets you free. 
you can go anywhere, do anything. Um, very happy with the purchase. Everyone that's tried it out at my house has been like, hey, yeah, this is cool. So, uh, yeah. Was it worth it? I believe so. Okay. Um, now, like, like you said, one of the big drawbacks was the whole Facebook account thing. Mm-hmm. You have to have it. I think I was reading that if you got rid of your Facebook account, you also lose all your purchases. I, I did read that too. So that that's kind of scary. You know, if yeah. in, in the future I want to get rid of my Facebook, uh, yeah, it seems like I would hope there would be a workaround from that. Right. Um, and I guess I should say I actually bought one and it was a lemon <laughs> out the box. The left controller did not work at all. So I could not play it. I returned it, got a new one. It did work. So I should say that, but yeah, there's a few negatives. Like I said, the Facebook thing and the battery life being three hours is is very low. Like I think even like the standard switch is longer than that. Okay. But then there's the case of you know not a lot of people play VR for longer than three hours. You know. Right. Yeah. So uh, most games for VR design are designed in like shorter bursts. But the reason I wanted to get this is because there are more games being made that are AAA like. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I guess I should say. So <laughs> I didn't miss a big point. So if you are a big PC gamer, like you two are, you can actually connect this to your PC and play any game that your PC would be able to run. Now, oh, okay. that doesn't affect me too much because I don't really have that strong of a PC. So I, I don't even know if I could run Half-Life Alex. But Jeremy, David, I know you both have strong PCs. If you bought Half-Life Alex, as long as you're connected, you could play it on the, on the Quest. Now, obviously, it takes away the whole fundamental thing of, hey, it's totally wireless. But with one cord, you can play any game that your computer could run. And is that with that, then do you still need to buy it through the Oculus store or can you play it based off? of? No, you you play it. I believe you play it based on whatever store you buy it from, because, you know, like Half-Life Alex isn't even an option on the Oculus store. Okay. Okay. So, uh, like I said, any VR game, you know, you could play Minecraft through it. You know, any VR game that you want to play, as long as you're tethered to your computer, you can do it. That's really and even and even not tethered, it's it's a pretty decent system. Like I said, Walking Dead's one of those big games. Beat Saber, it's got a lot of the bigger titles you would know. It just doesn't have all of them. Now, I mentioned Resident Evil 7. I think that's a PlayStation VR exclusive anyways, so it wasn't going to get that. You know, it doesn't have, like, the Iron Man VR, but that's a PlayStation exclusive. Obviously, all systems are going to have that. This has exclusives, you know? Does it have a Skyrim VR on it? It does not. It does not. That's another one. But, you know, like I said, that's something you could you could hook up to your computer if you wanted. Right. I know it doesn't have – it's missing quite a bit. It doesn't have, have Fallout 4 VR, which I heard was pretty trash anyways doesn't have doom vr you know there's a lot of big ones it doesn't have but for what it does have for the price point and if you're just getting into vr yeah for sure but with those heavier games i guess if you have it tethered to your pc to play those yeah and then you have the other titles that you could just play on the go or you know something else that's a little bit lighter if you don't feel like you know yeah, playing for those. sure and like the thing is, um, you know, maybe I'm making excuses for it, but a game like Skyrim or Fallout or Doom, that seems like something you would kind of want to be like, those are big games. You kind of want to be sitting down and in the zone for those. You know, Beat Saber is more like a game where, hey, I'm taking it out. I'm playing it for 20 minutes. Right. So um, I'm going to bring it over next time we do this in person. because okay. I want you to try it, Jeremy. I don't know if it'll change your life, but. I know, David, you already tried it, but you'll get to play it again. 
But I uh, really yeah. think there's a lot to it that's just it's amazing, man. It really is to me. Okay. Cool. I mean, it's I'll tell you what, it's the very it was the first VR thing that I kind of paid attention to. Like, this could be a possible purchase because it's not tethered, you know. Right. That was that was one of the things, having to calibrate your room and I have the camera and all that stuff like that. And it's like, I don't want to deal with all that. Um so like I'm showing it on video again. This is literally this is all you need. You know, it's got cameras in the front. Um, it even does hand tracking. So some games, you don't even need the controllers. The camera from the front of the VR tracks your hands and lets you play that way. It's an wow. amazing piece of technology. Um, and for the future, I'm excited because I can just imagine these getting smaller and more convenient, better battery life, more powerful. And that excites me because I, I love VR. Haven't right. played my PlayStation VR as much as I wanted to, but this I'm already getting tons of hours in. So maybe not Oculus Quest 2, but an Oculus Quest 3, I may be. Yeah, 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 for <laughs> sure. <laughs> maybe the time. That's maybe right. The time. Okay. Well, guys, you heard it there. VR, Oculus Quest 2. Um, like you said, it was what, $299 for the 64? Yep. And then $399 for the 256? Yes. All right. So those are the prices right there. Are you guys interested in the VR experience? This seems like one of the most affordable ways to get the VR experience. Um, yep. And so it's something to check out. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. Don't know if I'll get it, but I'm definitely looking at it. I know that um, Xbox or Microsoft is working on something in regards to VR with the Series X coming out. So they may have their own thing. They may be collaborating with you know Oculus on something. I don't know for sure, but... Yeah. Oh, that'd be hey, that'd be great. <laughs> Having yeah. it tethered to the Series X, I would I would get that system immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. So uh, that is our was it worth it? We're going to move on to our next segment. We haven't done it in a while, but actually, um, in this segment, we take maybe a uh, mainstream or uh, widely accepted opinion or thought, and we tell you our truth. In regards to what it is. Okay. Um, so we each have one. David, you want to start with your but actually, do you have one or do you want me to take the lead on it? I'll do it. I'll do it. I got one. Okay. 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 So obviously, from all the what you playings, you guys know I love online multiplayer. It's so great to play with literally anybody that has access to it around the world. And it's great. I've made some really good friends off online. You know, I have friends in Tennessee, Sweden, Minnesota. They're just everywhere. But actually, us gamers are some of the most toxic people I've ever met. <laughs> mm. What is wrong with, with, with everyone? Like, I, okay, even I have my days and I'm like, all right, I need to chill. But like, we're all here to have a good time and to play a game and just relax. But we're all stressing each other out. Like, the, the biggest one for me would be Overwatch from the games that I play. And it's like, hey, we're not doing so well. Can you switch your hero? No. F you. You're the reason we're losing. You switch. Like, okay, thanks. That helped us a lot. And then it's another thing, like, people like, oh, Overwatch has, you know, a toxic community. Or the one I hear, like, I was literally told never play League of Legends because of how salty and toxic the community is. Mm. Like, that should not be the reason you don't play a game. 
So I've like heard, I've heard the same just quickly. I've heard the same about Rust. Like I'm actually interested in Rust, mm-hmm. but I've heard that the community is so toxic and weaponizes like racial language and like like slurs and stuff so much that I'm like, okay, well, I, I can't even attempt to play this game then because <laughs> right. of just how bad the community is, regardless of how the game is. Exactly. That is a, the, the majority of my, my point. And I don't know what to do or how to fix it, but like we need to stay, we need to take a step back and, and do something. Yeah. And that, that's my butt actually. Well said. Well said. And I believe I I agree. It should be community led. It shouldn't be company led. Right. Like the fact that just as an example, like the fact that in Madden 21, I can't name my player Dick. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I understand. That's my online, grandpa's name. But exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it needs to be community led because I think that's where we get most people to listen and, and understand and hopefully be a lot more sympathetic and empathetic towards one another in the gaming community because it's just games. We're here to have fun. Shouldn't be shouldn't be messed up like that. You know? Yeah. Um, Who's next? What do we got? I can I can go unless you want to go, Corey. I'll go real quick. You're about to tear game apart, so mine's a little more. Uh, <laughs> I would like you guys to both do like a little like thought experiment real quick. Uh, can you guys okay. just both laugh real quick? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. So listen, Final Fantasy X has a scene with Titus, really pronounced Titus, but <laughs> where he laughs, and it's it's very cringy, yep. and it's very awkward. And it just sets the wrong mood for the game. But actually, it's one of the most beautiful scenes in that game and all of gaming. Now, here's the deal. This scene gets taken out of context so much for bad voice acting. You hear Titus going, like I said, I'm going to pronounce it Titus, but his name's Titus. That's just the way I grew up. Ha, ha, ha. And yes, it's cringy. It's supposed to be cringy. That story takes a very dark turn. Do I want to spoil a little bit? I'll spoil a little bit. Okay, so the summoner, Yuna, who you're traveling with, has to defeat a boss named Sin, a big bad guy. Um, to do that, though, uh, Titus finds out she's got to give up her life. So he finds this out, and it's it's very depressing because they've grown this really strong relationship. And she's trying to comfort him. She's saying, listen, as a summoner, I have to smile when I'm sad. I've got to laugh even when I don't feel like doing these things. So they share a scene where they both crazily laugh out loud and it's got the music playing in the background. Um, Titus knows that she's going to die. She knows that she's going to die because that's what has to happen. But they're sharing this really emotional moment with the music in the background. And it cuts to the other characters looking at them like, are these two crazy? But it, it really breaks it out of that really sad moment that you learned a little bit earlier in the game. And it kind of brightens things up with that hint of like, yeah, it, it is going to get worse. But I think it's a great scene. I rewatched it before I did this. And, you know, I don't tear up. But it was like mm, a little knot in my throat. If I talk, I can tear up, you know. So I think it's a great scene. It gets just unfairly written as awkward and cringy. It's supposed to be. It was beautifully acted. Great scene. And Final Fantasy X is just one of the best games ever made. You should play that. Everyone I, should. I, one I of the greatest. Might, one I of the greatest a, of all time. Lot. I'm going to get a lot of flack from the Final Fantasy community, but 
10 and 10-2 are my favorite ones. I mean, 10's my That's favorite, but I mean, I guess it all depends great. on what when you grew up when you played your first one, you know? Right. So, but for my money, 10, great game. Great scene. Cool. Okay. So, that was a lot you're, of silence. You're, you're, uh, you're defending the very awkward scene, saying that it it's, serves, it's a greater, very awkward. It serves a greater purpose in the story. Yes. Ah, okay. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing I do at the beginning of every level. It serves a greater purpose because we go down such dark paths in this podcast that you need that. Right. I like shorts. They're easy and comfy to wear. Okay. Decided to give us that again. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So um, here's, 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 here's how I'll begin mine. This game, especially the first one and the second one, Received nods of being greatly designed, having an interesting, very engaging story, having a purpose greater than the game itself, which is to spark a conversation about marine wildlife conservation. But actually, Echo the Dolphin (laughs) is the worst and most useless game ever made. Okay, first developed for the Sega Mega Drive, right? So already on something else that's stupid, right? (laughs) This game has you go around as a dolphin named Echo. And what are you doing? You're eating fish and fighting sharks, right? Let me tell you something. Now, there's now there's shark games out there, right? We're talking about the highly esteemed man-eater that came out a little while ago, right? Where you're a shark and you get to go around and eat other fish as well as people, right? Here's, it's a difference, though. Sharks are just innately more cool than dolphins. And I can, I can hear a lame, pretentious, latte-drinking person right now saying, well, dolphins are more intelligent than sharks. Oh, I was that's just going to cool. say that. I, I was going to say that. It's not a puzzle game. <laughs> It's not a puzzle game. It's an action adventure game where you're a dolphin. Right? Number two, who as a little kid, who the hell wants to be a dolphin <laughs> fighting sharks? If anything, you want to be a, a shark fighting dolphins and killer whales and different stuff like that. Right? This game got so much praise. Oh, it helps with the conservation of marine wildlife. Oh, really? Because last time I checked, there's more plastic straws and turtles' noses now than there was back then in the day. What's what's it helping? What did it help conserve? It did absolutely nothing. And you know what they you know what they did with this game? It's bad enough that the game is a game. It's a franchise because they made more than one of them. They made about four or five or six of them, right? So another thing, it's a staple. It's a it is a Sega staple franchise. So. Let me get this right. You're at Sega, right? And you're like, oh, man, we're, we have so many great different types of IPs that we're working with. And, of course, you know, for our own custom, own intellectual property, we have Sonic, right? And we have all these other things. And we also have Echo the Dolphin. Like, 
It's nonsense. The reason why it caught on is because it wasn't that much later that the game came out, that Free Willy came out, and the Michael Jackson <laughs> song about dancing on a rock was with it, right? And 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 people were like, oh, marine animals are absolutely beautiful. And you know what? Marine animals, they're all right. They're pretty cool. But you want to know who the coolest marine animal is? A shark. Okay? You wanna, if, if I want to, you know... If I want to swim with some animals, with some marine animals, and possibly catch syphilis, all right, cool. I'll swim with a dolphin, right? But if I want a marine animal that's going to protect me and and be a dominator of the of the of the ocean, I'm going to pick a shark, and I'm going to pick the various different modes and 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 varieties of sharks that there are in the world: tiger sharks, you know, hammerhead sharks, great white sharks, bull sharks, right? I can name sharks for days. We What's have a sh- shark? we have. We have a, it's easily the great white shark. We have a shark week. Do we have a dolphin week? No, because who the hell would want a dolphin week? But Sega went ahead and decided to make six dolphin games, right? And the dog's name is Echo, right? Because dolphins communicate through sonar or whatever the hell it is, right? You know what? They all do that. They're underwater. How the hell else are they going to communicate, right? So, again... Uh, I could I could go on forever uh, about this. I could go on forever oh about this. God. Please I, do. I won't, but I'll let you know. Here's the thing. I'm just tapping. Guess what? I'm just hitting the tip of the iceberg since we're talking about the waters in regards to my hate and disdain for the uselessness of Echo the Dolphin, right? But I'll save it for some other time. That may be a bonus level of stuff. You know what? Great idea for a bonus level. I'm going to create you guys a bonus level where I just rip Echo the Dolphin for 30 minutes. And you may think that's going to be boring, but it's not. You want to know what's boring? <laughs> Echo the Dolphin, right? Me <laughs> talking about it's going to be way more entertaining than the actual game. So uh, there you go. There's my but actually. Now, we want to. That's that's humor. That's funny. We have the uh, we have the indie spotlight where we talk about an independent game, an independent developer that we like to highlight. And for this segment, David is going to take the lead. So, David, what game do you have to highlight here in the indie spotlight? Well, guys, if you listened earlier, I said I would talk about it later, which is now, and that is Spellbreak, <laughs> and the developer is. Proletariat? I think I'm saying that correctly? Yeah. Well, okay, so let's go into the game. It is what we need right now, another Battle Royale. There's not enough of them. But this one's different than the rest of them. There's no guns, you know, stuff like that. It's magic. Okay? Ah. Yeah. Alright, so you have gauntlets. And I'm not going to name all of them, but the gauntlets, they have magic uses. Like there's ground and fire and lightning and wind and ice, toxicity. I think I named them all. But so you start with one automatically because, you know, in most battle royals, like you don't have anything. And you get to choose the one that you like. And then, you know, you get put on the map wherever you want to go. And you know, there's all these little loot crates that you find to open them up, and you find amulets and boots and stuff like that that help you through the game. And you can find other gauntlets. So you can have fire and ice, or you can have ground and wind, stuff like that. And you know, which combos do you like? 
what combos do you think are going to be efficient against what other people are using and stuff like that. And there's not a lot of variation. The gauntlets, they have two uses. There's like, I use PC, of course. So there's M1 for, like, if I'm using the fire gauntlet, it's going to shoot fireballs. And you can shoot like three or four before you have to wait a minute. And it's not necessarily reloading, but the, it does something where you can't use it. And then the more into the game you get, like if you're in ring two, you know, everything is upgraded. So it does, you know, more damage. You do more fireballs per instance or whatever. And then there's the Q that for the fire, it does like a fire wall or the toxicity or the rock, uh, the ground, you throw a toxic ball or a rock ball. And then it's the same thing with whatever other gauntlet you decided to pick up. The M2 would do the, you know, quick fireball thing. And the E would be, you know, the firewall or the, the, the balls, whatever. And you can f- fly a little bit. You have like a fly meter. You can get some air. And there's these runes that really help you too. There's like an invisibility rune. There's a, a flight rune where you just speed out of there for a good three seconds there's I, I don't know what it's called i can't remember right now but there's one that you just get major major air so there's a lot of different play styles you can get into this game so like you know apex it's pretty much you're just there you're shooting people you know war zone same thing this it's a lot of variety and then the game itself it runs well i haven't had any issues with server lag or, you know, anything like that that makes me go like, you know what, I can't deal with this anymore, I'll play another day. It's very polished, the graphics are great, it's cartoonish, I like it. And I think I've rambled on long enough. I think it's great, it's free, it's on all platforms. I don't think mobile, all consoles and PC, sorry. And I, I think it's worth the download and, you know, put a couple hours into it and see what you like. Now you, you're playing it on PC, right? So yes. what's the, um, what's the price tag for it? Zero. Zero. Free. It's all free, free to play. Free to play. It's all free to play. Just like every other battle Royale, essentially, which is good. Yeah. Because that, you know, obviously makes it way less, you know, burden of entry, essentially to get into the game. Right. So you can jump right into it, and it is cross-platform, is it? Yep, right. I, uh, I have a friend, and I, I he's on PS4, I'm on PC, like I said. We, we've played multiple games together, and even with that, I haven't uh, had any you know server issues or latency or lag problems. It's, it's very well done. Cool. And that is by Proletariat, right? Yes. Proletariat. The developers and the publishers, I believe, all indie, just an indie group that made this game. They had a couple other games that they had made, but this is really like the big one that they're working on right now. Yeah, this, this is, is what's, yeah. And yeah. it's, I know on PC, it's through the, uh, the Epic app. Okay. That makes sense because they'd probably get a bigger cut of whatever things are sold. I don't, is there, there's, yeah, there's cosmetics and stuff games. like that, yeah. that. You can, yeah, there, there is the microtransactions and whatnot. Yeah, but I mean, you know, games free. Sounds yeah. really fun. So that's, you know, everybody's used to that kind of by now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're playing stuff like Apex or Fortnite or whatever, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, 
Indie Spotlight for Spellbreak. David says, you should give it a try, at least. Cool. Um, well, that is going to take us to our final thoughts. We give one last thought or point we want to make that could be related to this episode or anything that we want. I believe the last level, my, my final thought was about butts. So that's just an example of how I can go anywhere. It will not be this one, but just give it an example. So who wants to lead with their final thought? I'll go first real quick. Okay. Okay. So if you listen to this uh, podcast, obviously you do because you're listening right now. But you know that I have had a child with my wife, which has been awesome. Um, But I just really want to shout out her. We are 15 days in and she has been the real MVP. She's been so great. Uh, She's going to be a wonderful mother. I love her. She is the absolute best. And if anyone's wondering what parenthood's like, I would kind of describe it as I think Dark Souls. Very difficult. Very, very (laughs) difficult. difficult but once you like take things in and get to a certain point and like be you know that boss or that sneaky diaper it's so satisfying man there's nothing like it it's great so dark souls that's the babies are the dark souls of life Hmm. so 15 days you said how many hours of sleep have you had oh more than her i can't wake up (laughs) (laughs) i just try to do the I try to do the stuff in the morning so she can get sleep. That's good. That's that's a great that's a great final thought. Babies, Lindsay. babies have dark souls. Number one. And Lindsay is number one. <laughs> I didn't say babies have dark souls. Do not put that on me, Jeremy Brown. Okay. Okay. Um I can offer my final thought. My final thought. Is that it was uh, just announced that Netflix is developing an Assassin's Creed series based off the video games, which I find interesting and terrifying because the movie had a bunch of super talented people behind it and suck booty juice. So hopefully the Netflix can do a better job with the series. I doubt it because Netflix has kind of been going down with their quality and some of their series. But um, did yeah. Netflix do the movie? No. No. Okay. Well, do, that what was about Sony Pictures? What about, I think, or someone else. Witcher. I, I've been told that's a really good series. So that they it did well Witcher? with that. Very so good series. Do yeah. you think it would at least be close to that? Mm, no, because the the way that the storytelling in Assassin's Creed is done is inherently mm-hmm. more complicated, right? Because okay. you're telling both a present story and a past story. So it depends on which direction they decide to take it. I guess. Okay. I think, seems it's got like, a, I think it's got a real shot. Netflix yeah. is, they are, they do make good shows. Okay. No, they okay. Make good no shows. doubt. I, they no, make I good agree. Stuff. I agree. They have, they, they have made, made a lot of great shows. They, they made like three video game adaptations so far. The Castlevania animated show. Amazing. Uh, the Witcher. Amazing. And then Dragon's Dogma, which I haven't watched. All right. It was just so, so. Um, okay. And they're making Resident Evil, so... That's what I was going to say. Supposedly they're making Resident Evil too, so I hope they do well with that. All right. Um, David, what is your final thought? My final thought is... There's this smoothie place that was put near my house. Smoothie King. 
And I can't get enough of it. And I get off work late, and I get there like right before they close. They haven't been rude or anything, so I appreciate that. And they make really great smoothies. If there's one near you, I, I recommend it, even though the price tag may be pricey. Okay. Is it... I mean, have you had a Tropical Smoothie Cafe? Is it comparable to their prices? I was uh, just going to ask. I've only had it one time, and that's because I said I never had it, and they got mad at me, and they bought it for me. So I don't know the price tags for wait, Tropical Smoothie. Wait, who's they? It was only one person. But so, this so, is, this so is very mysterious. You just said they, and now it's one person. I'm very confused. Well, I use they as a, uh, as a generalization. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get to the bottom of this. So yeah, but you were with someone. They got just tropical smoothie. Do mm-hmm. you remember which 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 flavor you got oh, from there? Strawberry banana. Strawberry sure, banana. That's, that's that's my go-to. Uh, you should try their Snickerdoodle cookie. Delicious well, I, there. I I I I don't do dairy anymore, and Smoothie King has vegan options. And oh, nice. The one I get is the Nutty Super Green, and it is so good. It might be because I like I'm kind of addicted to peanut butter, and they put some in there. Okay, but it's it's great. They have you know vegan whatever. They have different options. I love it. Sweet vegan options. I can't. One day we'll have to take a trip downtown to go to uh, Detroit Pie Sci because they have vegan pizza, vegan cheese, and stuff. I don't want that. There's another place called Street Beats I haven't been to that's vegan. Yeah, I want to go to that. Corey, it's great. My uh, cousin, Big Beard Josh, put me onto it. The vegan pizza, and it was good. Yeah, what he does is he gets the meat lover's pizza, gets the vegan cheese on there, and it is legit. All right. Which I, I, right. I, I told him it's funny that, oh, you're going to get vegan cheese on a meat lover's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he does. I like it's it. like kinda, cool. That's kind of poetic. I like yeah. that. It's not even, you know, being vegan or vegetarian. It's more so if I put milk in me it's gonna be a bad time ah. i don't want that bad time the right. meat doesn't do that right oh. that's, all right i don't think anyone that's had meat in them has had a bad time uh As that Steve. is <laughs> that is it for level 14 of the thoughts and players podcast if you liked what you heard especially that last bit there Please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast service. We are on the Google. We are on the Apple. We are on the Spotify. We are on the Stitcher. We are on the iHeart. We are on the TuneIn. We are on other things as well. Um, We are also on the YouTube. If you want to see the video version of this, subscribe to our YouTube. It usually comes out a week or two after we do the audio. But if you want to see someone's reaction, for instance... Maybe you want to see my face when I talked uh, very endearingly about the Echo of the Dolphin series. Maybe you want to see some footage. David has a five-hour Among Us stream he did. That's hilarious. You should check out on our YouTube. Um, Corey <laughs> is going to be doing so some unboxings on our YouTube. So definitely look out for that. Spread the word on that if you can. Uh, you can also like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thoughts and players. All one word as well as on Instagram at thoughts.players. That is it for this episode. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you didn't agree with, right? So 
all the disagreements, you can send those right to Corey because that's who you're going to disagree with. And <laughs> we will see you on the next level. <laughs>